This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley, and our focus on the program today, healthy eating, especially now that the holidays are about to be upon us, and we want to make sure that we get through the holidays healthy, happy, and perhaps not adding that extra holiday weight. To help us get through the holidays with a smart diet is our good friend, Dr. Joe Esposito. Dr. Joe, welcome. Ah, uh, Candace, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I've been me. trying to get you on my show for forever, uh, and finally yes. we got the calendars to line up. Yes. So let's just start. Okay, we're, we're about to get into Thanksgiving week. Everybody's doing all the shopping, doing all the cooking, all the things that we tend to eat only once a year but probably spend from the holidays to the next go-round trying to lose that extra weight. What yeah. guidelines and recommendations do you make for folks as we approach this holiday eating season? This is such an important time to not overdo it because everyone has a tendency to do this. And this is what happens. Halloween comes and you buy candy. And you give out the candy, and what's ever left over, what do you do with it? You eat the you candy. You eat the candy, exactly. And so that starts it. And not only is it the weight we're worried about, which is a big issue, but it's all that sugar. Sugar just blows out your immune system. And so you'll find a week after Halloween or a week and a half sometimes, people start to get sick. And now suddenly it's cold and flu season right after Halloween. It, it's not coincidence. It's Halloween. So that we start to finally feel a little better, Thanksgiving comes around. So what do we do? We eat too much. And we eat, as you said, foods we're not used to. Your body develops enzymes, and enzymes break down food. And the body gets used to what you're eating and develops enzymes for those types of foods. Suddenly, we're throwing in things like pumpkin pie loaded with sugar and pumpkin. And nothing wrong with pumpkin, but it's a new food. And then we start throwing cranberry sauce. Then we throw in turkey, and we throw in stuffing, and we throw in uh, gravies. And these are things our body is just not used to eating. And the key here is volume. Your stomach is only the size of your fist. And how many of you have ever eaten the size of your fist for Thanksgiving meal? No one. Of course not. We eat five times, 20 times that. So the stomach can't break down the food. It's not used to the food, and it puts such a strain on the digestive system. And that puts a strain on the immune system. So you're blowing it out. So rule number one is I want you to ruin your appetite before you go to Thanksgiving dinner. And how do you suggest doing that? Have a snack. I know this sounds so counterintuitive. It's Thanksgiving. You want to party. But... When you're hungry, you can't think logically. We've all done stupid things when we're hungry. And so you just eat and eat and eat. I know it takes 20 minutes to get the message from your stomach to your brain. Why is it 20 minutes? That's what we've always heard. Yes, is the that stomach, just the way the body works? The way the body works, yeah. The stomach produces leptin, and leptin is released in the stomach, goes into the blood system, goes up into the brain to a part of the brain called the hypothalamus. And in the hypothalamus, the leptin says, okay, I've got enough food, stop. And then you feel full. But the problem is it takes 20 minutes. So by the time you've eaten this, this, this massive amount, this food orgy that you're not used to eating, finally you go, oh, I can't move, I'm so full. And everyone says it at the same time. 20 minutes after the meal, you watch, I can't move. So you ate too much. Now you lay around and you do what? You lay around and do nothing. And that's the worst thing you can do because you want to stay active. To, and gravity, as you're standing up, can help pull the stomach down away from the diaphragm and help with digestion. You're laying on the couch, you're recliner, you're, you're lounged out, not a good idea. The other problem that occurs after this is when you swallow food, it goes through your esophagus and it passes through your diaphragm and goes into your stomach. Now in the diaphragm, you have a muscle called the lower esophageal sphincter. It's a very weak muscle. 
and it opens and food drops into your stomach and then it closes and you digest food and you pass it on to your small intestine. On Thanksgiving, when you eat too much and you lay around, the stomach will push up or herniate through the lower esophageal sphincter. It has to go somewhere. The stomach can only expand so much. And that can lead to something called a hiatal hernia. And so that's why after big meals, you burp, you have acid reflux. That's the food, the digestive enzymes refluxing up into your throat. And that's really dangerous. Aside from being uncomfortable, that acid doesn't belong in your esophagus. And that can lead to things like esophageal cancer. Now, it's not going to happen after one meal, but if you stretch out that lower esophageal sphincter and it doesn't close again, now you have this chronic acid reflux. And that's real dangerous. So it's not just, hey, too much and I feel terrible. Now you're putting your health in jeopardy. This could be setting you up for a problem. And we talked about the immune system blowing out and getting sick. So that's another issue. The stomach can only hold so much food. And the stomach is designed to break proteins into something called amino acids. It dissolves proteins, basically. Now you throw some pumpkin pie on there and some whipped cream. That digests very quickly. Like, for example, fruit or cantaloupe is going to be out of your stomach in 20 minutes. If you ate just cantaloupe 20 minutes, it's in your small intestine already. The turkey is going to take about four or five hours to break down. Then you have sugar on top of that, which should be out of the stomach in a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. So the sugar is now stuck in the stomach in a high acid, warm environment, and it can actually start to ferment. You can start creating toxic chemicals like alcohol in your stomach, and that's real dangerous. Sounds like it. Yes, so one of the worst things we can do is consider a big Thanksgiving meal as part of the holiday celebration. It's not a celebration. It's the beginning of what could be some really serious health issues. So to go back to your question before, how do you ruin your appetite? Have a snack 20 minutes before you go to dinner. And it doesn't have to be a big snack. It could be an avocado. It could be a couple of handfuls of nuts. Uh, could be some, I don't know, some dips or something like that. Again, I'm not a big fan of dairy products for the allergy reaction. But eat something 20 minutes before your meal. And what's going to happen is when you sit down to Thanksgiving dinner, you can think logically. Because logic just goes out the window. I'm no different than you, than anybody else. You see all that food and I love pumpkin pie like the next guy and you just want to eat it all. So now you have a bite of everything. And you're not starving and you have that 20 minutes that's already put into your body to get the message to hypothalamus to say you're full. You're going to enjoy the meal just as much or more because you're not going to be stuffed and you're going to get to sample everything you want. Dr. Joe, talk to us about the influence of alcohol on the holiday meal, not only Thanksgiving, but then you get into the Christmas holidays, the Jewish holidays, and then, of course, the new year. Yes, of course. And that's now's the time we're drinking a lot. Again, we're drinking new, new alcohols many times, eggnogs or whatever you may be drinking. I don't drink. but um, So what's happening is you put alcohol. Alcohol does several things. Number one, it dulls your decision-making. <laughs> so you're going to make stupid decisions. Everyone does. You can't get drunk and not make stupid decisions. It's just how the body works because there's a part of your brain called the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is the, the logical center in your brain. It's the, the, the filter. And the prefrontal cortex doesn't form fully until you're about 25 years old. So if you're young and you're drinking, or if you're just young, you're gonna do stupid things because the brain is not filtering out and not realizing the, the risk factor involved. And this is why when you're young, you do stupid things and it's okay, it's gonna happen. Um, just be careful, hopefully they're not too stupid. Alcohol is going to do that. Alcohol is also going to lower your testosterone levels. So here's the thing with alcohol. 
you're going to drink and you think you could dance really well when you're drunk. And nobody dances well when they're drunk, First, just so you know. But you think you can. And also you're very sexy and you're very suave and you're very sophisticated when you're drunk. But it lowers your testosterone levels. So you may think that you're a little more savoir faire, but really the, the testosterone levels are dropping. And the more you drink, if it's a regular thing, the testosterone levels drop on a regular basis. Testosterone is not only necessary for your biceps and your triceps and your heart. It's, it's your muscle building hormone. But what about your heart? This is one of the reasons that we see an increased risk of heart disease. It's overeating, it's stress, and then alcohol is going to play a part in this. Your heart's a muscle, your colon is a muscle, your blood vessels are muscles. So as testosterone levels drop, these muscles are not getting the testosterone that they need to function at their fullest. Also, alcohol dehydrates you. And it's already winter. You're inside. It's dry air. Your body's dehydrating anyway. You're drinking alcohol, which is making you dehydrate more. I mean, did you ever notice you drink one beer, you pee out three? Where those other two beers come from? Well, it's dehydrating you. It shuts off a hormone in your brain called antidiuretic hormone, and that makes you pee. So if you're going to drink alcohol any time of the year, my rule is this. For every drink you have, three glasses of water. Two things happen. Number one, you're going to rehydrate yourself. Number two, you're going to be peeing all night. You won't drink as much. But you have to realize what alcohol does to the body. It dehydrates it. It kills brain cells. Your brain controls everything. It shuts down your prefrontal cortex so you can't make logical decisions. There's no benefit to drinking if you think logically is what's going on. It may make you feel good, but long-term it's going to cause damage. And it's also different alcohol that you're not used to. Dr. Joe, what about the research that people hear that they read that suggests one glass of red wine once a day or at some point during the week is actually good for one's health? It can be. However, you know, it's a Dr. Joe twist. There's always a Dr. Joe twist. Number one, one of the things that we, we drink alcohol for is it's supposed to have a chemical in it called resveratrol. Resveratrol is an anti-aging chemical that's found in organic grapes, and when it gets into the body, studies have shown it can actually slow down and somewhat reverse the aging process. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This, I love this. Who doesn't want to get younger, right? The problem is it has to be organic grapes, because the reason the grapes produce resveratrol is when they're being attacked by fungus. If you're eating non-organic grapes, they're sprayed with a fungicide, so there's no fungus, so there's very little or no resveratrol. So if you're going to drink wine, it has to be organic in order to get the resveratrol. But here's the hook. You have to drink probably about a half a case to a case a day to get enough resveratrol to have a medicinal effect. Now, wine does relax you. I'm not saying it doesn't. However, I feel the side effects of the wine, the negative side effects, far outweigh the benefit of relaxing. If you want to relax, you can take kava kava, you can take chamomile tea, you can meditate, you can go for a walk, uh, you can pet a dog. I mean, all these things are very relaxing to the body. We just use alcohol because we get high from it, and that's one of our excuses. Well, it's good for me. And so it's really not. What are the benefits of taking that walk and maintaining activity before and especially after an important meal? So important because... When you put something in your body, I mean, think how amazing your body is, Condis. You can eat a double beef cheeseburger on white bread with American artificially processed cheese food spread, and somehow your body can break that down and create liver tissue or hair or eye tissue or toenails. Your body's amazing what it can take and, and turn into food, uh, it, turn into nutrients that can turn into cell tissue. But over time, you're going to lose that battle. So 
what happens is these waste products that are produced when you eat get filtered out of the body. And the filter we call in the body is called the lymphatic system, the lymph glands. Now, if you ever had a sore throat and your lymph glands are swollen, those are your lymph glands. And what they do, real simply put, is they're filters. They filter out junk. And then eventually, they dump that into your circulatory system and into your colon and it gets flushed out of the system. But here's the hook. The only way the lymph glands can get flushed out is from muscle contraction. So walking is going to be so, is so important, or moving the muscles is causing the muscles to contract, which is going to flush out the lymphatic system. So if you're eating a big meal, especially junky food, it's going to put strain on the lymphatic system. You want to flush out the lymphatics. Walking is an excellent way to get those lymphatics cleaned up. You are a big fan of the plant-based diet because you are not only vegetarian, you're vegan. I've right? been vegan 33 years now. Talk to the audience about the benefits of that and how you can not miss animal-based products. Absolutely. I've had an animal product in 33 years. Now, I'm not going to say I, don't, I didn't used to like double beef uh, hamburgers and that I liked uh, meatball sandwiches or provolone cheese on a good Italian bread in New York City. I'm not going to lie to you and say I, I, I didn't like those foods. But when you understand what it does to your body, it's not worth it. So your body is designed to eat plants. When you start putting animal products into the body, it's the hardest thing we can do. The number one consumer of energy we have as humans is, is romance. The number two consumer of energy is digestion. And the hardest thing to digest is animal proteins. So years ago, when I first got on this journey, I was the, the outcast, the hippie, the weirdo. Now you're seeing things like Burger King, McDonald's, uh, Subway, Dunkin' Donuts coming out with uh, – I won't say plant-based, but vegan choices and vegetarian choices. Why is that? Well, the public is coming around to realize, yes, this really does work. So in order to maintain energy, I mean, most people think, in fact, our boss the other day thought I was 16 years younger than I am. I <laughs> thought, you go, Drew. Uh, so he said, you're 42, right? I said, no, not quite. Uh, so, but I love that. I mean, these are people I work with every day. They know me very well, just like I know you very well. And it really helps maintain your youthfulness because your energy levels are so high. So it's cheaper than anything you're doing. It's better on a digestive system than anything you're doing right now. And if you're going to eat animal products, here's my rule. I understand not everybody's going to do this, and that's fine. If you're going to eat animal products, I recommend organic only. And, the and why is that? The reason is when I was a kid and you were a kid, we didn't have to worry about things like steroids, hormones, chemicals, pesticides, a genetically modified food, a weed killer that's sprayed on the food. And now we do. And also, the soil is so depleted. So the animals, a cow, which should normally eat grass in a field that hasn't been fertilized, it's naturally growing, um, is going to be different than a cow eating soybeans and corn. When you're eating soybeans and corn in, in, in a feedlot, soybeans and corn are very high in omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids lead to inflammation. Now, I'm a chiropractor. I'm board certified in chiropractic, orthopedics, pain management. I'm double board certified in nutrition, BS in nutrition. And so... My concern is I want to get you as healthy as possible, and pain is a big issue. Again, being the only chiropractor in the state board certified in pain management, we get a lot of pain patients coming in from doctors. In fact, just before we went on, I got a call from an orthopedic center. And so if your diet is a big player in getting that inflammation down. So if you're eating a lot of omega-6 fatty acids, which are found in corn and soy fed to the cows and the pigs and the chickens, it's going to raise the omega-3 levels, which is going to increase the inflammation in your body. If you're eating organic animals they have higher omega-3 levels. Omega-3 fatty acids lower inflammation. So for many, many reasons, if you're going to eat animal products, I want you to do organic only. Organic only. 
a steak can be really good for people who eat red meat. Sure. Is it a benefit for people to decrease the amount of red meat they consume if they aren't ready to go completely plant-based and say, okay, mm, a yeah. burger be really good today, but not every day? Uh, absolutely. And I don't think there's any logical research out there that's saying you should eat more animal products. No one's saying that. Everyone's saying make wise choices, make smaller choices, uh, eat less. And what will happen is I always give people a two-week challenge. I would say, do what I say. I tell my patients this too. Do what I say for two weeks. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I lied to you. So what? Am I the first guy to ever lie to you? No, I'm not. You know, so. But if I'm right, which I am, then you're going to say, okay, I can do this. No one has ever gone to a plant-based diet and said, I'm going to do – well, maybe somebody has. I'm going to do this straight out. Most people say, I could never do that. Okay, let's make a choice. Like you said, let's make smaller amounts. Uh, let's have only animal products one meal a day or two meals a day. One meal a day, have a plant-based diet. And watch how easy it is. I got stopped coming down here upstairs, fellow in radio, in TV. He stopped me and he says, you're Dr. Joe. I said, yes. He goes, oh my God, I just read your book. And he's going, he goes, unbelievable. He says, I, I'm cutting back on my animal products. I'm not gone, all, all gone. He says, I've lost 14 pounds. I feel great. He says, it's such an honor to meet you. I had no idea who he was. How he got my book, I have no idea. He, somebody gave it to him, I guess, where he bought it. And what's the name of your book? Go ahead and get that out there now. Okay, yeah. It's uh, uh, two, two books. One is called Eating Right for the Health of It. That tells you how to change your diet. My second book is called Prescription for Extreme Health. And I used to date a gal, and she had a great line. She said, moderation is for monks. She wanted an extreme life. And I want you to have extreme health, not regular health, extreme health. And so they're all on my website, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. And I was so excited that I didn't know who this guy was. He recognized my voice. And, uh, and he just grabbed me and said, thank you for doing this. He didn't go cold turkey, so to speak. He just made some little changes. And they make a difference. And they make a huge difference. Every step you take, no matter what it is, is going to make a positive change. So, Dr. Joe, before we began the show, I was talking to you about a vacation that I took last month. I had an opportunity to spend some time in the Mediterranean. And I wanted to ask you about the Mediterranean diet because I didn't have a bad meal the entire yes. time I was overseas. Mm -hmm. And those people, they seemed so healthy and they move. And it was just great food. How do we do that here and right. achieve the same benefits. It's the same thing they're doing. Well, first of all, they have a lot of fresh organic foods. A lot of foods uh, that you buy in the States you can't buy in Europe because they've been banned because of genetically modified foods and pet chemicals and pesticides. Also, they have really rich soil. In Spain, Italy, they have volcanic soil. And so that's why you eat an Italian tomato. It tastes different than an American tomato. And as you said, the food it was so different. It tasted so good and so fresh. Yes. But we can do that here. And what they do is they eat mostly fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Little bit of meat. Little bit of seafood. And you saw that. You didn't see these big steak houses like we have here in the, in the States with fried onion rings and bread and butter. You didn't get that, right? You got fruits and vegetables. Breakfast was probably like maybe a muesli or maybe some figs or something along those lines. So they figured it out. Now we got to catch up to them. And it's not hard to do. It's easy. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, majority of your plate. A little bit of meat, a little bit of animal protein, different. And also the dairy products. Did it taste different than it tastes here in the States? Absolutely. Huge difference, right? Because they don't feed the cows corn and soy. They're feeding them grass. And so it had way more flavor, higher omega-3 fatty acids, uh, better fats, and a lot of times they don't even pasteurize some of their foods. When you pasteurize the milk, it changes the molecular structure. Now, I'm not saying don't... Don't do, I'm not saying don't pasteurize your milk, but when you do, it changes the flavor. Also, it changes the absorbability and the allergy content. 
Even the wheat over there tastes different. The pasta, if you had pasta, different than here. Because here we've hybridized the wheat. We've made it smaller so that we grow more kernels and less stalk. Over there, they still have plenty of stalk, and they just recycle the stalk. They throw it back into the ground again. And so the wheat is different. So many people here in the States have wheat allergies. Go to Europe, you don't have it. Because the protein levels in the wheat is so much higher here in the States than it is in Europe. So the food just is better. The food is better. And you saw, what did they do? You said something too. Where did you see an elevator? <laughs> Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> Only in the hotel. Right. For us Americans. Exactly. Yes. Everywhere else you walk. The 17,000 steps this day, 14,000 steps another day. It was yeah. incredible activity. My show goes all over the world. When I get emails from people in Europe, they laugh. They said, 10,000 steps. We do that before lunch. Yeah, and I'm yes, saying at do. least do 10,000 steps, and they're doing it before lunch. So, yeah, they stay in motion. They eat better foods. They get outside. I just did a show earlier on that, and be exercising outside is so important. Um, the wine doesn't have a lot of pesticides on it. Um, so the food is different, and their lifestyle is different. And you said it, too. They look so much healthier. They're so much happier. Yeah, so I, we can do that here. There's no reason why we couldn't do it here. We just have to follow their rules. And just be smart about it. Be smart about it. You know, eat less. Talk yeah. to the audience about supplements and things that people can do to enhance their diets as you write about and for the health of it. Okay, I'm such a big fan of supplements uh, because our soil has been depleted over the years. I mean, I'm older than you, I think. but You are. I am? Okay, good, yeah. Much older, by the way, yes. <laughs> Hundreds of years. <laughs> but we were kids... You know, milk had cream on the top and peaches were juicy and watermelons were sweet. And it's a, a soil has been so depleted with factory farming that that's why I say organic if you can. But I take supplements every single day. I take omega-3 fatty acids uh, for my brain function and for inflammation. I take vitamin D. The cheapest insurance policy you'll ever buy is vitamin D. And I take 5,000 international units a day. That's five drops of vitamin D. I mean, it's not a lot and it's so cheap. Vitamin D is so good for the immune system, the bones, the reproductive system, brain function. So minimum supplements you should be taking every day is omega-3s and vitamin D. I also take Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. These are the minimum supplements people should be taking every day. Benefits of Super Greens and Essential Source. Essential Source is raw fruits and vegetables in a powder form. And we process it, process it at a very low temperature so the enzymes are there. I made a prediction on my show the other day that the next big wave in supplements and healthcare is going to be CBD oil and enzymes. And so far, Dr. Joe hasn't been wrong in his predictions. Third person. Talk about him. Um, but enzymes are – nobody talks about enzymes. But the reason you're alive is enzymes make the fruits and the vegetables and all the nutrients come together and work. So enzymes are vital. You have to have those enzyme levels. And so super greens, very high in enzymes. Then we add prebiotics and probiotics, good bacteria, and more enzymes. And it's a complete multivitamin. So if you had to take anything, it would be essential source. Then the super greens is loaded with minerals, wheatgrass, barleygrass, alfalfa grass, chlorella, and spirulina, the purest form of omega-3 fatty acids in the world. They're two powders. I take a scoop of each every day. I could not imagine a day going by without me taking them. They what are do you mix good. those with? Coconut milk, almond milk. Uh, some people do water. I personally like the coconut milk and almond milk. You can make a smoothie with it, throw some frozen bananas, some frozen berries in there. You know, there was a song a long time ago by Alita Adams, and the line in the song was, I don't care how you get here, just get here. And that's how I want people to think about health. I don't care how you get there. If you want to exercise, if you want to walk, you want to just get there. And the super greens and essential sources, get them in your system. And how do folks go about finding those things, Dr. Joe? Uh, everything that we talked about is on the website, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. We have over 1,000 hours of audio and video podcasts there. 
And uh, it's, it's a great source of information. If you have any questions, send me your questions through the website, drjoe.com. I'll answer them personally for you. And tell us the names of the two books one more time, Dr. Eating Joe. Eating Right for the Health of It and a Prescription for Extreme Health. And all the supplements, the vitamin D, the enzymes, the super greens, the essential source, and a bunch of others are all on the website, drjoe.com. Hey, Dr. Joe, would you be willing to come back and do another show with us and talk to the audience about enzymes and CBD oil? Because... It seems to be all the rage everywhere. Yes. Well, if you twist my arm really hard, Condis, I think you could talk me into it. All right. Dr. Joe, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Condis. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind. If there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored, let me know. If you're old school, just write me. 1601 West Peachtree Street, Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Or message me via social media. I'm Condos Presley on Facebook, Condo29 on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine a Another perspective. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.